Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott Joy. by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, let's talk about the state of Sony. A lot of backlash going online across the social medias, across the, the post-showcase thought process yep. as a sentence. A lot of people not loving the most recent PlayStation Showcase, but we'll break some stuff down in regards to what they've got, what irons they've got in the fire. Absolutely, because while we enjoyed, I think, wholesale yeah. the showcase last night, didn't love it, not one of my favorite showcases ever, but I thought there was a lot of great games that were announced there. They also had a business presentation that Jim Ryan sent out that pretty much chronicled where PlayStation is as a brand right mm. now, how the PlayStation 5 is doing, but more importantly, where they want to go up until 2026 and where they want to go is really interesting Scott Telford because as you might have guessed from some of the games that were announced last night and some of the comments that Jim Ryan has already said on the record they are pushing heavily into the realm of live services and add-on content but before we go into that I just kind of want to say that they in this presentation have a weirdly negative view of where cons or where video game sales are going okay. over the next few years so for reference they say that in 2021 the calendar year 2021 there there was 15 billion dollars worth of sales uh, for video game sales just in general but they expect that to shrink to 7 billion and this is digital sales by the way by the time 2026 rolls around so that's okay. halving the forecast of how Many, how much money they're going to make from game sales as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, currently expected to be subsidized and kind of, you know, balanced out by an increase in add-on sales. That's yes. going to jump from $12 billion to $19 billion. Uh, by 2026 so that's where they're seeing growth but it's just kind of strange that they expect to see um you know game sales as we know them shrink that much that was really surprising it's like because the thing is if you look at their financial report from uh, last year the whole idea is that they are selling less they are their unit sales are down but their revenue is up i.e you are paying more per, per inside each of those games and you can kind of see the the business minds at this if you don't care necessarily about prioritizing the gameplay experience you only care about monetization to go to absolute maxims in both directions then why not make a whole bunch of live services and maximize the money coming from each individual release um, and you can see that starting to happen with the likes of fair games that were shown off at the PlayStation showcase um, even with the likes of um, Bungie's new well it's not new it's a reboot of Marathon but, but yeah. making that into a PvP extraction shooter that has the potential to have microtransactions in it or live service elements and um, that would lead to further monetization um, and that's the thing they've been building for this for the last couple of years the acquisitions they made the amount of stuff they've invested in, in netcode uh, multiplayer games mobile games 
It's not the best. It's not Scott's Hill, but it's only going to get more pronounced as we go. I don't think it's apocalyptic or anything, but it might be worrying if you're into Sony primarily for their single-player games. So like you mentioned there, they've brought Bungie in, mm. and they keep saying, and they say again in this business presentation, that that's primarily not even for the games, but it's for their knowledge, and it's yep. for their understanding of how to build a live service that people enjoy, mm-hmm. and that they can monetize the hell out of. So just so for reference in this um, presentation, in a lovely graph, a lot of good graphs. Oh, graph. In tables in this presentation, by the way. Um, It's revealed that in 2019, the amount of investment that they were putting into their games balanced out at 88% for traditional games and 12% for live services. Mm -hmm. By 2026, they project that that investment is going to be 40% for these traditional PS5 games and 60% for live service PS5 games. So we're going to see way more of a balance in their portfolio between Mm -hmm. games like this and games like Spider-Man 2. Well, this is fascinating in terms of, you know, like the bet that they want to make, the bet that the, like Jim Ryan, the CEO, whatever, like the, the idea of how do we grow? How do we find this model that's obviously working and how do we grow that even more? And the assumption with that, at least from what I can glean from this data and what it seems like they're going towards is the live service model that the third parties have tried and failed with so far. The thing that I would say is killing Suicide Squad right now. Um, all games like Anthem, games like Avengers, whatever, the idea of a platform for content that the third parties have already, I would say, milked that business model dry and proven that it won't work. The bet that they are doing is that because they have the brand recognition and because they have the marketing power of PlayStation, that it makes that bet work again, that you will care about a Last of Us factions that is full of microtransactions, if it is. Yeah. Or you will care about, let's say, that the expand goes to Sushima Legends even more um, and put those things in there and they have the mobile game tie-ins. We haven't seen what they're doing on the mobile side of things yet. Well, I'll tell you Well, soon, well there eh? you go. Yeah. So it's, it seems like they want to have this wider network of live service um, plugins for all their different IPs they have the PlayStation Studio stuff on the movie side of things one big conglomerate if that's even a word revenue stream that goes across all the different games and just has you paying so much per individual unit yeah. rather than a wider swath of titles um, where you know they're selling more games overall yeah I, I fully back what one thing you said there in particular Scott when you said when they're looking at their live service output I think they're viewing themselves as an anomaly they're mm. not like comparing themselves to the Avengers or an Anthem they're saying we're Sony we're known for these high quality games Mm. so therefore our live service games will be high quality but I don't know about you for as much as I enjoyed the show last night the live service or at least multiplayer games that they showed off from first party studios I wasn't entirely wowed by Like, I don't no. want to rag on fair games before we've given it a fair shot, ironically. <laughs> but, you know, the, the art style, the kind of tone that that game had wasn't necessarily appealing to me. It was just Watch Dogs. Spider-Man 2 did, yeah. It yeah. was very much kind of trading in that aesthetic, right? So I need to see more from those. Yeah. But at the same time, I also don't want to see them take established franchises and just spin them out into live services. Yeah. They do mention in this presentation that Guerrilla Games is working on at least partly a live service thing. I do. Well, the Horizon multiplayer, I guess. Be. Yeah, Horizon yeah. multiplayer absolutely could be that. Um, but it's not all kind of doom and gloom necessarily. Okay. They do say later on that by fiscal year 2025, they expect a 50-50 split between investment in new IP compared to existing IP. So at least they're not going all in on franchises. Mm-hmm. However, when you mentioned um, mobile, they did say, quote, multiple internal studios are working on mobile games. And for their spread of releases, 
releases, their, yeah. re, re, their ratio of releases, uh, they want by 2025 uh, for this first party release spread to be 50% of games releasing as PlayStation 5 exclusive, 40% of those uh, coming to PC as okay. well, so they're heavily expanding PC, mm-hmm. and they want 10% of the release, uh, the first party releases that window uh, that year to be on mobile as well. And just for a comparison, in 2019, 95% of the releases were just PS4 exclusives, and 5% were on mobile. It also is important to mention that in their own forecasts, and you'll like this, okay. they're going to they're gonna have no more cross-gen games oh. from first-party studios, so Good. that's the end of that. We won't see any more uh, PS4 and PS5 games, at least in the first-party space. Well, that's the crux, right? I just want them to make stuff that makes the most of the technology that they've sold us. We put the money down on the consoles. What are you going to put out there that's going to make me glad I forked out half a thousand pounds to get the system in the first place? Um, that's the thing that I think is the thing that saves all of it. But it's like, yeah, I think, I think it's fascinating. I think it's interesting. I think looking at what Xbox are doing, they're experimenting with Game Pass. They're not necessarily worried about one big blockbuster release like Phil Spencer was saying, you know, Starfield's not going to be an 11 out of 10 game because it doesn't need to be through his eyes. They're just right. handling the Game Pass model and um, the monthly model. Sony are kind of doing a version of that. Obviously, you have extra, you have premium, but behind closed doors, Jim Ryan seems to be saying that he doesn't really think Game Pass is a competitor because they're playing this much bigger game to uh, expand things out into PlayStation Studios and have this like almost Nintendo style thing where if you take Nintendo's model of having a handful of specific IP and then you apply the big budget, the AAA stuff to that and the production turnaround, then you can milk those IP dry. But like Sony doesn't have a Zelda. Like they don't have a thing that is that big. They ain't got a Zelda. Zelda just sold like 10 million in three days. You know what? They've got something bigger than Zelda and he's called (laughs) Spider-Man. Hey! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. 
Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. <laughs> I, they bought that. I don't know. Like that doesn't feel like it's theirs. I know that it is because they bought the money. I just mean something that was homegrown over. Let's. I mean, thirty years now for Zelda. And um, but I guess we can compare Spider-Man Two sales to Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think it'll be there. That's. Um, but we can see. But even, yeah. all, overall, um, but even then, they have Spidey, but they're still sharing that with Marvel. That's not something that they have full control over on the movie side in the way that they do with the Gran Turismo movie or you know something like that. That idea of what PlayStation Studios is. Yeah. Sony uh, Spidey isn't part of that. It is and it isn't. It is and it isn't. Sony still, you know, own the movie rights to um, Spider-Man, you know, whether you like that or you don't. (laughs) Uh, And they have the deal currently with Marvel. So they're definitely sharing the profits, but they certainly think of Spider-Man as a Sony character and property, right? I think at this point in time, they do. Yeah. Well, that's I don't things, know. You well, let's know what you think yeah. down the comments, but of that, do you think of Spider-Man as a PlayStation character? Because they want you to. I yeah. don't, but I get that they definitely want that to be the case. Even outside of that, though, I do think they have things to supplement Spider-Man as a character. They are not lacking for big franchises at this moment in time. God of War is selling copies hand over fist. Yeah. Small, not smaller, but newer uh, franchises like Ghost of Tsushima did exceptionally well. Horizon and too. that is going to go, you know, nuclear. Horizon, obviously, Uncharted they still have, presumably to bring back at some point. Hmm. I think I think they've got a lot of franchises there that they can expand into that multimedia thing that you were mentioning. Mm. You know, they've already got a Ghost of Tsushima movie announced. They've got Gran Turismo on the way. Mm. All of that stuff. I think the PlayStation brand, at least looking at this presentation, it's doing well. Like, the console sales are outpacing the PlayStation 4. They're making money hand over fist. Mm. It's just whether you like them getting into this live service space and focusing on add-ons. And I think it's worth bringing up the conference last night because I can totally understand why people were disappointed by it. If you went to that conference and you probably probably would to see first party exclusive to see what those teams work were working on mm. there were so many emissions yep. emissions from games that have already been announced you know there was no death stranding 2 there was no um other games that i've no just completely stuff, blanked blue on point stuff. yeah no yeah. dog stuff blue uh, blue point stuff uh, games that we know that are coming that just yeah. were there wolverine for instance mm. and i just wonder whether you know not casual fans but people who are interested in playstation for the first parties whether that would fill them with confidence clearly maybe not judging by the comments to me it worked <laughs> yeah. because it felt like here's everything first party and third party that's coming across the next 12 months and uh, rather than here's everything for the next three to five well this is the crux right because they are playing these they're placing these bets they're showing you fair games they're showing you bungie's new um shooter and they're talking about it being a you know extraction based pvp shooter um but 
how much of that perception wise, optics wise, fan base wise is offset by like, okay, we'll put up with this stuff because we know you've got the next Naughty Dog game. We know you've got the next story based game. And does that pivot across the next five to 10 years? And do they want to pivot entirely into live service stuff? I will point out Destruction All-Stars and um, they monetize the campaign in that game. You only got the first chapter for free and then you have to pay actual money to get the rest of the story. That thing was absolutely abysmal and like, in terms of the monetization of it. Um, and I'm pretty sure the devs committed to reworking all that stuff and trying to make it more palatable and whatever. Um, that was, I would say one of their attempts to make a live service first party game and it yeah. fell completely flat on its face so i think it's always going to be proof in the pudding in terms of the final releases does it feel money grubby does it feel like a avengers does it feel like the way square enix have tried this in the past or ubisoft or whoever? yeah i think it's like i said it's not apocalyptic news because <laughs> the single player games are not going to go away like they're not replacing single player games with these live service games mm. it's very much like two separate teams they're not going to pull at least for judging from this presentation mm. they're not going to pull sucker punch or gorilla or naughty dog off the stuff that they're known for to create something else yes they might play, make live service titles mm. but it seems like it's up to them they've got the likes of haven and fire sprite and bungie and these new teams they've acquired to supplement what we already have so hopefully it's a uh, it's growth and it's <laughs> not replacement and i think yeah. i'm fine with that if that's the case mm. Because I don't need to play these games. Well, that's the thing. But that's, that's a weird, um, like, it's not even like an endorsement of their model. It's like, oh, I can put up with it. Like, that's what you said. Like, you're putting up with it. It's like, well, I'll put up with the fact that they're doing it because I'll get the other stuff. And it's like, it depends how much their first party identity then becomes these kind of games. Yeah. Um, and I guess that'll be the, Last of Us is going to be the linchpin. I think it is. that's right in the middle is. of both uh, attempts at game design. Maybe I'm just being a fanboy, right? But at the same <laughs> time, for years... Me, I'm being a cynical old man. <laughs> me and you have gone, where's the diversity in the genres? Why are you focusing so much in these over-the-shoulder third-person action games mm. and not looking at shooters or not making more racing games or platformers or whatnot. Now they're kind of doing that. Yeah. It's just maybe not necessarily in the subgenres or format that we want, but at least they're doing it. Like I think that's a good thing in and of itself because I want this diversity for the portfolio. Even if I don't play everything, I think mm. it's just it's good to have as long as the games are good. No, the thing is, like you're completely right. They've needed a first-person shooter for so long. They had various attempts with Killzone, didn't really fully land, and there's just been a gap in that genre. First party, uh, you know, the space that that could have filled for a long time. Marathon, assumedly, will be that. Um, it's just knowing Sony's history, knowing how money-focused a lot of these decisions are, knowing the hubristic nature of the PS3 era Sony, and obviously there was a different leadership team, whatever, but the fact that when Sony go way far ahead, they only double down on the profit side of things, and just flagging that way ahead of time, just to sort of know that this is how these things go, yeah. and have gone in the third parties. Obviously, like I said, that model has failed, um, and but whether or not the fact that they have to maintain the brand saves them from going too far in that direction. I think there's a, perhaps a misunderstanding from Sony and Jim Ryan and everyone <laughs> else about what PlayStation fans want, because I mm. think you can slap a cinematic trailer down for a new IP if it's a story-driven game by a studio people are familiar with and have them get excited. I think with something like Fair Games or even um, Bungie's game, mm -hmm. you kind of want to see how it plays. Yes. You can't just be sold on that from a cinematic, in my opinion, because it's new, it's something different. Mm -hmm. It has that Sony name attached to it, but that's not enough to convince me personally that's well, going to be great in the same way I would already kind of be convinced if it was what they were known for in a team that we're familiar with. Well, the thing is, like, the way they showed off Helldivers 2 versus the way they showed off Marathon, where it's like Helldivers 2 was full of was gameplay, and obviously it's a massive step up from the top-down nature of the original, versus Marathon, there was nothing other than the CG trailer, and then the thing that is out there is that it's a, it's a um, PvP extraction shooter, which immediately has all the 
comparisons to even Rainbow Six Extraction or whatever, um, or The Division or something. So it's like there are already those connotations of like, oh my God, life service. Oh my God, they're putting their money into the wrong places. Um, where's the next Naughty Dog game? And I think that obviously right now, because they've dropped all this information alongside the negative reaction to the showcase from quite a lot of people, um, it and I, I back up the cynical, I am just cynical about the business, about the industry, because they will nickel and dime you as much as possible, um, that it creates this maelstrom of like, oh my God, are they steering into something that no one wants? I mean, especially if they're viewing, uh, what was it, add-ons going from 12 billion to 19 billion across the next few years. That's a big jump. I mean, it's, it to me suggests at least a little bit of nickel and diming stuff. Yes, I think as well, one other thing to throw in here is that Nintendo already tried this stuff. Like, obviously the specifics of the mobile side of things are like, what even are those games? Is it a God of War mobile game? How do you make that work? Um, you know, etc. Like a Spider-Man mobile game, a Ghost of Tsushima mobile game. Nintendo tried this uh, with Mario, with Fire Emblem, with Animal Crossing, not Mario Kart. None of them really worked. They're fine, but they're nowhere near what you actually go to Nintendo for. No, I, I mean, absolutely not. I'm not a mobile uh, player. Mobiles I'm, I'm extremely casual to the point where I might play one mobile game every five years if right. it's called Pokemon Go. <laughs> but I can totally see why Sony's wanting to push into that mm. area. I might not like it, but you look at the figures that they have in this presentation, and how much the revenue has jumped for mm. mobile gaming. It's 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 crazy. They, of course, want a piece of that pie. Mm. And my only kind of saving grace for that is, thankfully, they only want that to be 10% of their output. Yes. It's, previ- it's now 5%, and they only want to push, uh, push that up by 5% uh, by the time 2026 rolls around. So at least it's not like the same, you know what, Scott? Single-player <laughs> games are out. 50% of our releases are going to be on mobile. It's obviously going to be a small amount, but still part of their focus. I think if it works, they will go more in that direction, which is mm. where it comes back down on what Jim Ryan wants to do with the brand and because he's a money focused lad I think he'll do more stuff in that direction but we'll keep an eye on it as things go forward like we all said and um, we all including you The Last of Us feels like the linchpin of this in terms or at least one of the examples of something that'll be very interesting to monitor the difference between the live for service elements and the single player stuff too fully agree it's not um, it's not this game it's not any of the games they showed last night it's whether they can faithfully adapt one of their existing franchises mm. into a live service space and have it be high quality have it be something that respects the player, have it be something that is worth playing and not just a money-making machine. Yes, let us know what you think. Down in the comments below of the showcase of Sony in general, which games are you looking forward to and what do you think about how they should handle their approach to live service stuff. Also, check this video out right here. It'll be related to something beautiful, I guarantee it. For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.